Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Exodus 14, 19 through 31. The angel of God who was going before the Israelite army moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from in front of them and took its place behind them. It came between the army of Egypt and the army of Israel. And so the cloud was there with the darkness, and it lit up the night. One did not come near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. The Israelites went into the sea on dry ground, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went into the sea after them, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and chariot drivers. At the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire and cloud looked down upon the Egyptian army and threw the Egyptian army into panic. He clogged their chariot wheels so that they turned with difficulty. The Egyptians said, Let us flee from the Israelites, for the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, so that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and chariot drivers. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at dawn the sea returned to its normal depth. As the Egyptians fled before it, the Lord tossed the Egyptians into the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the chariot drivers, The entire army of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea, not one of them remained. But the Israelites walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great work that the Lord did against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord and believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Last week, probably several of you stayed up late uh, to watch the Grammy Awards when they were on from Los Angeles and saw the shock in the room when they announced uh, the song of the year. Beyonce didn't get up or Taylor Swift, but a country artist named Bonnie Raitt walked up in complete shock to receive her award. Her song, Just Like That, is is a great song. Most of you, I'm sure, have heard it. But there's this haunting line in that song that just might resonate with a few folks in here today, those who might feel stuck and might feel like there's no way out. 
Bonnie Raitt sings, They say Jesus brings you peace and grace. Well, He ain't found me yet. Today's Exodus story is for those who feel stuck and like there's no way out. We've been in a, well, this is week five of a 10 week journey through Exodus. And last week, Jonathan preached a wonderful sermon about God's final plague on the Egyptians. The Israelites were to put blood on the doorpost and lentils of their house so that God would know which houses to pass over in that final plague. plague, And that's where the Passover tradition comes from. It's an annual celebration of God's deliverance because once uh, once Pharaoh saw this final deathly plague take place, he released all the Israelite slaves. He put them to hard labor, making bricks, building pyramids. But God heard their their cry, sent the ten plagues on the Egyptians until Pharaoh finally gave in and set them free. So now we have moved to the second great section of Exodus, the wilderness journey. The Hebrews are on the loose. And now that they are set free, they've got their GPS set for the promised land. They're on their way, but then they hear rerouting, rerouting. God has told Moses to take a different route. The straight path to the promised land would have been through the land of the Philistines. But there are just some neighborhoods you don't want to go through. So God has rerouted them on the way toward the Red Sea. But God promises to attend them with a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire at night, and they make their way toward the Red Sea. Well, meanwhile... Meanwhile, back in Egypt, the blue-collar workforce is gone. Pharaoh wakes up with bricks to make, buildings to erect, and says, I quote, What have we done letting Israel leave our service? Now, this is an aside, but you know leaders like this, don't you? Who, when things are going well, they say, look what I have done. And then when things are a mess, they say, what have we done? Well, what they've done is let go of their workforce. So, he orders his chariot, his army. He heads out with 600 chariots to recapture the workforce to get the Israelites back and bring them home. Well, the wandering Hebrews are out and about, and they look back over their shoulder, and at a great distance they see the horses, the 600 chariots, the troops, the approaching army, and they say to Moses, and I love this line, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? They're stuck. They can't go forward because the Red Sea blocks their progress. They can't go backwards because of Pharaoh's army. And they're stuck. And it feels hopeless. And they yell at Moses and say, 
it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Hopeless is how you feel when you come to the Red Sea in front of you and Pharaoh's army behind. And some of you in this room know all too well what I'm talking about. I know a woman who's been married for 15 years. Her daughters are 13 and 9. They are healthy and happy. But her husband is checked out completely. He is, he's not abusive unless you count the constant references to her weight gain. He leaves early for work every day. He stays late most days. He has various excuses. He won't go to counseling. He will not talk to her about why he is so disengaged. She is in a miserable marriage and feels stuck. If she leaves, it will be horrible for her girls. It will be horrible for her finances. If she stays, she will continue to feel unloved and miserable. It feels hopeless. Red Sea in front of her, Pharaoh's army behind you. What do you do? Lucas and Sophia followed their dream. They were both living in Gwinnett County, working in midtown, corporate, mid-management, making that commute. But they'd always wanted to open a restaurant. Finally, they launched their dream, a Mediterranean restaurant in Duluth. They occupied the space in January. February, they did the build-out. And then in March of 2020, the CDC declared a COVID pandemic. And all of their savings and all of their hopes were locked in a dark, empty Mediterranean restaurant. The Red Sea in front of them, Pharaoh's army behind them, and it looked hopeless. And I don't know all the stories in this room. I know some of them. I don't know where this speaks to your life, but I do know that everybody who's done enough living at some point feels the hopelessness that that goes with being stuck and thinking there is no way out. Well, when the people finish yelling at Moses for getting him to this hopeless position, when all that settles down, Moses looks at them and says this, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord which He will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will never see again. Sometimes even the faithful hear that promise and it might ring hollow. But are you beginning to see a theme emerge in the Exodus stories over and over and over in these stories? The outcome looks so bleak. The people start thinking that God might have taken like a few weeks vacation and didn't tell anybody. The people feel abandoned. 
And the message that sounds through the fog of disillusionment over and over and over is the reminder of God's faithfulness and God's deliverance. Throughout the wilderness journey, God's presence has been symbolized by a pillar of cloud in the day and a pillar of fire at night. But of course, it is easy to grow blind to what is always present. And at the height of their fear and complaint, the pillar of the cloud of God's presence moves in and separates them, moves in between them and the Red Sea. And the pillar of fire, God's presence, settles in between them and Pharaoh's army. And for the night they are safe. And then the next day, the army has gotten closer. They are up against the banks of the water. And we get to the climax of the story. And I'm quoting. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. When it seemed that all hope was gone, God delivered. When it seems that all hope is gone, God still delivers. One of the treasures of my library is an autographed copy of Andrew Young's spiritual memoir. See there? He has been a longtime hero of mine. Do, were, were any of you here the Wednesday night we hosted him? See, some of you are nodding. And I got to interview him up here. We moved the pulpit out of the way. And I asked him to tell stories about faith and church and the civil rights movement. It was one of our great nights of church together. Anyway, the title of his spiritual memoir is A Way Out of No Way. It'd make a pretty good title for the book of Exodus, wouldn't it? From the banks of the Red Sea to the modern story of civil rights leaders, God continues to make a way out of no way. I want to be careful about making this too simplistic. Because many of us have prayed to be delivered and not yet seen God's deliverance. As Bonnie Wright saying, they say Jesus brings you peace and grace. Well, he ain't found me yet. Many of us are currently stuck between the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army. And quick stories of prayer of deliverance do not take our pain seriously enough. But there is a fine and distinct line between the trite bumper stickers of faith and the honest, hard-earned declarations that God still provides. God's deliverance takes many forms. It is often beyond our understanding. And the anguish often lasts for more than one season. But God still provides. 
Since 2019, more churches in this country have closed than have been started. Church attendance across this country in the last three years has dropped 45%. And we pray and we invite. And it's been about three years now and people aren't coming back to church. Why is God not answering? Well, our petitions to God don't work like sitting on Santa Claus's lap. And we know that that gets answered on December 25th. The Israelites made their petition to God for years before their slavery ended. But still, if we can lift our eyes beyond the current hopelessness, we can see patterns of God's deliverance in our life too. Like we affirmed two weeks ago, remembering God's past deliverance helps us reaffirm the pattern of God finding a way out of no way. Everybody sitting here, everybody watching has been delivered in the past or you wouldn't be here today. I mentioned two weeks ago that in 1993, I was a part of a church that split. My position was not being funded, <coughs> excuse me, for the 1994 budget. I was out of work in 94, and the finances were beginning to strangle us. I was a minister married to an elementary school teacher with young twins, so it wasn't like the money was flowing in anyway. But when one of those went away, it really wasn't. We struggled all along. And in 2007, our finances were stretched extra thin because our twins decided to start college. Two at a time. And so, we bundled up the college loans and we refinanced the house. And we put our head down and we were going to make it through. And then my daughter and Chris found each other and made the happy announcement that they were going to get married right after she finished Mercer. It was a great celebration. We were full of celebration apart from the fact that I've now got a wedding to pay for on top of the, did I mention, two colleges at one time. In other words, Pharaoh's army was getting really close at our house. Well, at the time, I was doing some leadership coaching. I'm, I'm certified by the International Coach Federation as a leadership coach. And, and a friend of mine asked me if I'd be willing to, to coach three executives at Ryder Trucking in Miami, Florida. Well, it, it meant I was going to have to fly to Miami once a month for two years to take on this contract. But the pay was great, and I said yes and took on that responsibility. It was enough to cover a wedding. And it came from out of nowhere. And I knew that God had provided again. And I know this might sound silly to you. But the, the Ryder Trucking logo has become for me a religious icon. 
And to this day, every time I see a truck go by with that familiar red rider truck logo, I whisper a prayer of gratitude. Doc, remember, God does take care of you. God does provide. Despite any current feelings of hopelessness, we all have our memories and our stories of some time God reached in and took care of us. If we had not been delivered, we would not be here. And our stories can be traced back to the Exodus. And if we find the grace to look for them, we can find both ancient and personal patterns of God's faithfulness. If we look hard at the stories of Scripture and the narrative of our own living, we know it is true. God makes a way out of no way still. Sometimes we have the grace to see it, sometimes not. But the pillar of cloud goes before us to protect us. The pillar of fire goes behind us. And over and over, beyond any explanation, God delivers and God delivers again. The word of Moses to the Israelites is the word of God for us today to hear and to trust. Fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.